How doing? Good. Um, my name's Aaron. Uh, some of you may know me as E. Young. Uh, my last name is not actually Young. It's actually Watkins, but that's okay. Um, I'm with uh, Lifeline Bible Fellowship, and um, it's just a privilege uh, just to come before you today and really um, express uh, just a piece that I've written, and um, it's called Serve and Please You. And um, just the reason I wrote the piece is um, a lot of times, you, I mean, and I'm sure some of you have, have experienced it, where you have family members, you have friends telling you what you should do and what degree you should pursue and what job you should go after. And um, I was just kind of frustrated. And, uh, and so this is what um, transpired out of that. All I want to do is serve and please you. Lord, all I want to do is be humble and bring glory to you. Lord, all I want to do is trust and submit to you. I don't want to please my family. I don't want to please my friends. All I want to do is praise you again and again. Forget about the fortune. Forget about the fame. I am dedicated to proclaiming your name. Forget about the honor. Forget about this prestige. I am bowing down on my knees and answer from you is all that I need. Because all I want to do is serve and please you. Some live for themselves. Others live for pleasure. I no longer have to search for a high. I hold you as my treasure. Lord, you are my rock, my solid foundation. I no longer trust in flawed men that strive to be leader of nations. Who is greater than the God that gave the wind its sound and the oceans its roar, the flowers its scent, and fish colors? Clearly, Lord, I am impressed with thee. Your son you sent to die for me? I am nothing but mere dust from the ground, not even worthy enough to walk on your dirt ground. I have constantly spit in your face with cuss words, beat you on your back with acts of sexual immorality, lied, cheated, broke countless laws, and yet you died for me? I am in awe when I think about your grace and your mercy. Your blood sacrifice is enough to set the whole world free. Whatever your will is, Lord, I most certainly will agree because all I want to do is serve and please you. Lord, all I want to do is serve and please you. Hello. Okay. All right. I love that poetry. It's powerful. All right, guys. Um, I'm going to pray. And I want you guys to pray with me, okay? This is an eclectic group. We've got a lot of different people here from all different groups, and I know you don't know everybody sitting around you. So um, I'd like you guys to just break up into groups, and we're just going to pray together as a body, okay? Um, we're going to pray over our, our spring break and service projects and the mission trips that we're going to go on and just the opportunity to serve, okay? And um, I'm going to lead us. I'm going to start us off, but I'd like you guys just to continue after that, okay? Lord, I thank you for this opportunity just to be here and that you would uh, unite us here as uh, your body, as your, your church, God. And I thank you for the different group of people that you have here from all different backgrounds, all different uh, groups, Lord. And I just pray that we can come together for one purpose, is to serve you, just like this poem read just now, Lord. And um, as, we, as we prepare for our, our mission trips that we leave on, in just a few weeks, God, I just pray that you begin to prepare our hearts, God. I pray that uh, you would you would just begin to um, just go ahead and 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 pave the way for for the the people that we're going to interact with wherever we go, God. 
I know that there's groups going all over the place, Lord, but your hand is everywhere. It's, it's not limited by where we go, God. I pray that, um, I pray that as your word says, God, in Galatians, that we can serve one another in love, that that be our heart for this break, God, that that can be our motivation is to serve you by serving everyone else in love, Lord. And I pray for, um, for opportunity, for open doors, God. I pray that your hand already begins to work with those that we interact with, Lord. And I just pray for those here tonight, Lord, that, that you would uh, prepare their hearts for uh, a servanthood, God, a spirit of servanthood, Lord, and that we can put ourselves aside and, and honor you, Lord. Thanks, Amen. We're going to pray now uh, that, uh, that God would, would give us a sense uh, of that beauty that he talked about that we don't see so often, uh, that, that so, so many times we look at people that don't know Christ, and, and, and I know I've been guilty of this, that, that we look at them almost as if they're not human sometimes because they're not like us. Uh, but the scripture says that, that, uh, that all humanity was created in the image of God, whether they know him or not. And uh, we want the Lord to, to give us that vision so we can love them better. So if you pray with me. And, and, and continue to pray in your groups. Pray with one another. Uh, if, you, if you got the courage to go find somebody you don't know, I'd encourage you to go do that and pray with them. That's what this time is all about. So just uh, pray with me now. Our great Father, um, Lord, you have made us in your image. And, and, and like Amon said, God, we have, we have screwed that up so bad. We're so shattered, so broken, um, Lord, and, uh, and we don't even realize it. Uh, Lord, and I, and I pray, uh, Lord, that all of those images of you that are walking around this earth that don't know you, uh, Lord, that, that are sacred to you, that you love dearly, that you created in your image to represent you on this earth, God, that, um, Lord, I pray that one day they would come to know you and that that image would be restored just like you're beginning to restore your image in us. God, I pray that you would give us a heart to see people as being made in your image. Like your apostle James says, uh, Lord, how awful it is that we curse men made in your image. And at the same time, we can sing praises to you uh, and, and then turn around and curse our fellow man made in your image. God, let us see, uh, Lord, how beautiful you are, your image in these people, even though it's flawed. And God, long to see that image renewed. So God, to just give us a passion for that and a patience to continue in it. Am I on? Yes, I am on. Hey, yo, what's up? I'm John O. I'm from Plumline. Uh, it's so good to see all of y'all out here. This has been my first time here, and I... Uh, just thank Kevin and the rest of the team for all that they've done. This is awesome. It's so banging to see everybody here praying and worshiping the Lord. Um, if you're anything like me, you've grown up in the church. Um, and part of growing up in the church is hearing the gospel um, over and over and over and over and over. Uh, my, my dad was a pastor, so I heard it more than some. Um, a product of that is that the gospel of Jesus Christ can start to get mundane, routine, and powerless 
um, and I can remember hearing the gospel and becoming a Christian at five years old um, and from five to 18 years old, uh, didn't learn very much about my faith. Um, the summer after my senior year, my mom and dad took me and my four brothers and sisters back to Africa. Uh, we were there for about a month, and on the Thursday before we were getting ready to come back home, the following Monday, we were driving back from one of my dad's friend's towns in, in the north, um, and we got a flat tire just out in the middle of no, nowhere. Um, so the driver stepped out and changed it. My mom and my dad and me and my four other brothers and sisters stepped out of the car, and right when he got done changing the tire, two men came from out of the bushes with automatic rifles, and they shot him up in the air. They took my mom's wedding ring, they pushed us all down on the ground, and they said, if anybody looks up, we're gonna shoot y'all. And they started going through our bags, they took all our passports and our plane tickets. And so I did what any of us would have done in a thing like that. I said, God, if you save me, I'll become a pastor. <laughs> well, it happens. Well, anyways, I went off to yeah, Baylor in the fall of 2002. Um, yeah, Baylor, sick and bad. And it was there um, that I got hit with the gospel. And for the first time, I felt like I really got it. Like, and I saw my life change. And I'm like, I really got it. And I've written poetry for the past few years. And there's been very few times where I felt like I just had to write um, but about five years ago, I wrote this piece because I got hit with the gospel. And just, it was so beautiful just to see that in God's courtroom, we're all guilty. And we've got a righteous judge on the stand that doesn't hold our sin uh, against us, but he pardons us and he frees us. And so this poem basically just walks somebody from the start of the gospel to the end. And it starts off and it says like this. So you see, it's like the blinds were shut, our eyes enclosed in the dark. Since then, we've been enlightened by the likes of Romans, where Paul takes a look into history. Yes, he opens the vaults and urges us to understand the purpose of the Ten Commandments weren't meant to make us whole, but rather show us our faults. And I just so happened to see that I did more than break the Ten Commandments commandments, them joints were shattered to pieces. And I realized I couldn't cover up my guilt, B. The fact remains that I was caught red-handed in the white Bronco plus the glove fit me. And it's crazy because the irony's like my indictment was brought to light by the father of lies, but I couldn't even find fault with how the law was applied. That's irony, right? Then I saw the prosecution start to talk to his neighbors and they were one, three, five, and seven he had the odds in his favor. Yo, I mean this cat had thought through his case, there's no rival, and I can't wipe this blank look off of my face, there's no vitals, Lord, I'm destined to flop. I felt like Tito, Jackie, Marlon, Jermaine, with no Michael. Until I met an advocate who heals the battered and broken. God can cure the addict's itch without the calamine lotion. Oftentimes he speaks through signs just like a pantomime's motions, but here's the message. God wants more than just words. He's got to have your devotion. Because as sure as autumn leaves are dead, he sees our uh, apologies are empty. 
the sinner's prayer is still hollow even if your heart's filled with sorrow because being sorry won't subtract your sin and like a five-pound aspirin, now that's a hard pill to swallow until we read Ephesians 1 and see that God's wrath was lifted because before we were condemned, we had already been acquitted. Prior to conception, you and I had been predestined for adoption as sons according to his kind intention, which means it's not like you deserve this. But on the cross, Jesus paid the cost for your sins. The scars in his wrists serve as the proof of purchase. God's wrath was satisfied completely by Jesus himself. And he did it all uh, alone. He's not in need of your help. So this poem is aimed at the issue that Jesus Christ will be the one to complete the maintenance with you. The only thing he can't do without your help is have relationship with you. So as I leave this stage, I pray your focus in fact would shift from me to Jesus. I'm just his opening act. I've come to pave the way. I've merely opened the path for Christ to bring the food for thought. I'm just a grocery bag. So you see, the moral of this story is it's Christ, not I, that's glorious. His life inside provides insight, inviting me, take hold of this. Now, I've received his holiness. You don't believe, read Romans 6. I'm dead to sin, alive to Christ. No pride inside. My boast is this, that God is glorified in me because I am satisfied with him. True honor won't abide in me till no more pride resides within. When I'm the first to take what's last, when I reverse and face the back, it's then that I identify with Christ, we're face to face at last. So I read the word and sin's wage was fat, but my God came to take the rap. He killed my sin, cause like Chili's ribs, my savior wants his baby back. So you see the Righteous judge took off his robe and paid my debt so I could roll. Now I'm bestowed with Christ's mind. That means Christ has my mind controlled. I said the righteous judge took off his robe and paid my debt so I could roll. Now I'm, be, now, uh, now I'm bestowed with Christ's mind. That means Christ has my mind controlled. Thank you. All right, guys, before we close out, the last thing we do when we're here is we just confess uh, together the Apostles' Creed. It's a tradition that's ancient. It's been with, uh, with followers of Christ for centuries upon centuries. We're going to do that. And as soon as we're done confessing that together, uh, you guys are free to go. You guys will just uh, say this with me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.